Welcome to another episode of That's A Rap Podcast, a Raptors podcast by fans, for fans. What's up, it's your boy Jay, and I, <clears throat> sorry, uh, no, it's not Jay at all. Actually, it's, it's Dre. I'm not joined by your usual Raptors crew. No, I'm joined by the creators of Benchmark Sports, a facility in Brampton that gives the opportunity for anybody to work out and have a safe place to participate in any sport that they wish. This is an exclusive interview with three fantastic Raptors fans. We discuss everything from what's it like to create this type of a business where you're giving back to your community, what's it like to be an athlete in Canada, what's it like to run a business during the pandemic, and why do the Knicks suck so much? What's up? It's your guy, Dre. I'm I'm on location as much as I can be in a pandemic, which means I'm at home. And so are these guys. Actually, no, these guys are, are on location. These guys are actually working. I'm with the Benchmark crew, which is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, this is very exciting. I can't wait to talk local and professional sports with these guys. Please introduce yourselves. My name's Harji, but everybody here calls me Rick. Uh, I love basketball pretty much. I've been, loved it my whole life, so... Owning a place like this was always like kind of a dream for me, so it's it's, it's kind of like it's like serendipitous in a way, right? So, yeah, my name is Rav, and I'm kind of in the same boat as Rick here, and uh, we've got a passion for basketball, obviously, and uh, we've had this place, Benchmark Sports, for uh, five years now. Hi, I'm uh, I'm JP. I gotta say, me three got that big, you know, love for basketball, Jones, and uh, pretty much all other sports too. You know, I could go about anything if you get me really going on a certain topic. This isn't just flattery, right? Like, because this is a, a Raptors podcast, do you guys actually, like, all love the NBA or basketball as much as I do? Or is that is that just trying to make me feel good and you actually specialize in, like, on day one, I was downtown in a heartbeat. I got yeah. I got from Bram- downtown Brampton to downtown Toronto and picked up, like, five friends along the way in probably, like, less than an hour. <laughs> and I tried to get as close to the hub as possible. I think I made it to Young and Dundas, and that was it. Weren't those better times? Those were much better times. Like, things are so ugly right now. But, like, if there was any chance for us to win a championship, it was right before the pandemic, and we got to see a side of Toronto that, unfortunately, has been very foreign for two years. Well, this this team brings, like, the city together. You know, there's a joy to it. There's, like, a, there's, like, a whole other vibe to, like, the Raptors. And, like, it lives within different communities in Toronto, right? Raptors just one of them, right? Where we're focused is just, like, it's... All you'll see is Raptors fans everywhere. All you'll see is people wearing Raptors gear. Like this is like a, a huge part of their fan base, right? The whole nation like, now. All yeah, Canada like, is riding a, with the Raptors. And there's other pockets around the GTA yeah. that like love the team the way that like Brampton people love the team, right? But we yeah. grew up on it. Like it came here when we when we were like kids, right? So we loved it since then. I I remember like Damon Stoudemire and these guys like back in the day, like like those guys. Like I I never missed a game. I remember up until probably like my second or third year of university, never missed a game. Unfortunately, life comes in the way, like different things start happening, you know, you can't be there as much, but like, this is a part of our whole, like beginnings, it's a part of our soul, you know, it's also kept all of us connected, you know, it's a reason that this team exists, right? It's because of basketball, you know, the Raptors, you know, Vince Carter, right? Yeah. Like the the first gift one of our friends gave us when we opened this place, like, and we, we still have the picture, like we hang it here. It's like a, it's an autographed picture of Vince from uh, his North Carolina days, you know? Amazing. He's like the story oh, yes. of Toronto, you know, yeah. like he was, he betrayed us. And then like, you know, everybody forgave him because it was like, it was all beautiful. When we won the championship, everything like came, came. Yeah, exactly. 
And that's the fan base of Toronto, right? It's it's, it's ride or die. Yeah. Really. yeah, the whole Vince Carter thing is tricky because he did betray us. But on the other hand, if it wasn't for him, perhaps we would have been moved to like Vegas or something. Because like what happened to Vancouver? They didn't he get a chance. He basketball in Canada, I think. Man. There's like a debt to him that the country kind of owes in a way. So like, obviously, like it, like it's like bygones be bygones, you know. And things happen. Like we didn't like as fans, you don't really know all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, you know. And some of that stuff trickles out later. So like, there's nothing. Like he's still like an icon for me. And like, honestly, I've never seen a better dunker in my life. So like, still, I would agree. Especially in game, not even dunker in game. I've never seen anything like that in my life ever again. Oh. The dunk of death. I know it's not the NBA, but still. But uh, it, it's crazy, though. This is the first year since the 90s since Vince Carter is not playing. Isn't that just strange? And the way that he kind of changed his career and he, the way again, he modified it, it's been, like, insane, right? Like, he went from being a superstar to, like, then changing his whole vibe to become, like, a bench player, a role model. Like, he, he mentored a lot of these guys. Like, ask, like, anyone on the Atlanta Hawks right now, they still speak so highly, highly of Vince because Vince kind of, like, Vince took him under his wing and he just kind of he nurtured these guys and he, like, helped them through the NBA. He became, like, a role model for everybody, kind of. It was wonderful to kind of age with him as well, right? We were kids. He was, like, in his prime, and then we grew up. And, like, as he got older, we are kind of getting older. It's, a, it's, like, an interesting experience. Even the local kids, even, like, R.G. Barrett, right? He's from Mississauga. Yeah. You know, he's mentored to R.G. Barrett, right? Yeah. So... That's, cool. That's really close to home for us, right? So yeah, Steve Nash is his uh, godfather, right? Archie Beard? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a different story. That's uh, his dad's, uh, I think, the GM of Team Canada or something. They played together. That's right. Oh, his yeah. dad, they're, the, they're on Team Canada back in, like, 2000s and stuff. Beard's dad. They made the Olympics, man. Like, those, guys, <laughs> those guys were killers. Yeah, speaking of local, and, you know, you've, you've brought up, uh, we're going to get into RJ Barrett and a lot of locals very soon. But I think before we get into all of that, uh, we should focus on, the story of all of y'all. So, you know, you've discussed how sports are your life. How did this whole benchmark thing start? How was this conceived? Who kind of decided to, to make this? Did, was it just an idea you all three of you had? Um, how did how did all of this come together? We, we were always looking for places to play it, right? And it was always a thing that, hey, we should probably have, like, there was some places around, like, that you could, but you can never get times because there's such, there's only a couple of boards. It's always either trying to find a school that had a poop on it that was decent, wasn't too like muddy and like too too gravelly. So one day we it was literally after we watched the, the Jurassic Park movie, and on the way home like we're like we should open a court. And the rest of our friends it was probably like six or seven of us. They were like oh whatever right like it's a good idea but like nobody's really gonna do it. But the next day I think Jim Paul called me and he's like yo let's do this right. So then we just like got together the three of us and we were just like we started like looking for places. And we walked into this place, man. It was a bakery. They used to they used to make like Indian like uh, rusks. rusks. They're like they're like tea <laughs> yeah. treats, right? That you have with when you're having tea. This place like looked nothing like a basketball court, but we when we walked in, all three of us just saw it, and we, we just like looked at each other. We're like, yeah, you could have courts in here, right? And like it's perfect for two courts. They're not full. They're not full NBA regulation, but like they fit like perfectly for like four on four, and it's like, it's almost developed its own kind of game, right? Like it's, it fits the community. Like it's, it's good for like, uh, like if you're just like playing with your boys. So like, that's what we kind of started off as. It was a lot of just like people from the area running, like having their own individual runs and stuff. And like over the time it's grown, there's been like coaches and different clinics run out of here, different tournaments. We ran our own men's league a few years. Uh, we've done like other events, like there's a uh, sick kids, uh, tournament we ran, I think two years in a row, like all the benefits that like, went to sick kids. We had uh, 
Another one uh, was the one recently. Jane and Finch tournament happened here. Uh, this, year, yeah. Yeah, this past year. So we've had all these like different tie-ins to the community, right? And it's been cool, like uh, just kind of building the business out from just like the three of us in a car and like just kind of thinking of a need that we had for ourselves and, and to grow into something like this. It's almost like the, the Wu-Tang Clan philosophy. I don't know if you guys listen to them, but you know, when Ghostface says something like, you know, we made this music because we wanted this music, but nobody else was making this. So yeah, we yeah. knew that people wanted it because we wanted it. It's kind of that thing where it's like a lot of people just adapt to whatever sports conditions they have, whether it's like, you know, uneven ground or yeah. wobbly net with chains or, or no mesh at all. Uh, you know, so this basically fixed that for our entire community. Yeah, for sure. And then like uh, it set the trend too. like there's been more facilities that have opened that have kind of modeled themselves after ours. Right. And like we were kind of what happened here is like this plaza was pretty much dying as well. Right. So there was a vacant unit next to us. The whole uh, left side of it was pretty much vacant except for a grocery store, which was closing down. And now if you see it, there's a there's a Taekwondo uh, a gym in here. There's a women's fitness center. There's a rock climbing place. There's a roller rink. Right. So it's completely rejuvenated the whole plaza, right? And the community around and, the, well. and like, yeah, it's like building a whole kind of vibe here. To be honest, when we came here, it was a different kind of sketchier area, right? And there's like a really bad bar at the end of the end of the block. There's been a couple of shootings that have happened in the plaza. Oh my god. I was here when, when, when my brother was here. And it completely like changed the vibe of like what the place was to what it is now, right? And we gave we were the only other place that used to be open at the same time as that place. And like it was a lot of like stuff that was happening that was like kind of like like sketchy and like it was like dangerous like it was like it was a bad place to be around and if you come now it's 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 a completely different vibe right like you don't mind walking around here it's like you get a like a better like more i guess homely feel and do you think that it was benchmark that started all of this or was it just something that you started i think people started coming through here right like benchmark brought a lot of different people here and they brought a lot of like everybody obviously started their own business and like I can't take credit for like the rock climbing place. That's their their thing, right? Like families started coming through here. The convenience store started getting a different crowd, right? They started carrying different material or different like goods and stuff. It just brought more of this athletic kind of vibe to it. And our landlord even said, he's like, you guys changed, changed the way that I kind of viewed the plaza. He's like, it turned it more into a sports complex. He got rid of a lot of the bad actors that were here, right? So it's changed at least the plaza. And I'm hoping it's changing the community around here because a lot of the kids that come here actually walk here or they take the bus here. So coming from closer by so it, it's like it is becoming like a hub for the for the community at least i hope it is that's amazing and ultimately i guess it's pretty much you know just to you know all with all the negativity going around and you know the kids are dealing with a lot of things at school different emotions at home whatever it is it's a good little outlet for them to come into a facility like this and take out that frustration and any you know negative vibes and you know turn it into some good positive energy yeah, especially with sports, because I feel like a lot of people who might be forced into sports or they want to play, but they have like, you know, like coaches yelling at them or parents yelling at them. Sports could definitely have a negative uh, attribution about them with uh, something like this. It's it's a positive. It's it's as you said, it's it's nurturing. It's putting people into like an athletic lifestyle uh, with with hope, which a lot of people need. Yeah. And I think sports brings a lot of good traits, right? It brings like honor, honorable play and like playing fair, like in sharing the ball. And like, these are good things to learn just in life, right? And to how to care for others, like care for your teammates, you care, like even as a sports fan, like I care for the Raptors when they lose, it hurts. And like how to deal with that, that pain helps you deal with other things in life, right? Even setting goals. 
Yeah, yeah. setting goals, you know, things for the future, right? So and seeing things develop, like I've seen this team go from worst to first, and like yeah. they'll probably go back and up and down, and it's just how life is, right? And like sports kind of help. It's like it like follows you along along the way. It's a great way to uh, develop character. Unless you're James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a few bad actors, right? <laughs> It all walks like there's always somebody there that's gonna like make it look bad. Yeah, fair enough. Well, who knows? He's he's in Brooklyn now. Maybe things are gonna change with those Basquiat jerseys. But I digress. He did the he did the Charles Barkley way, right? He just gained a little bit of weight, got traded, we make it back in the shape. Fuck, took to a little jab at him yesterday. He did, he did, he did, the, he did the Chuck way. Yeah. <laughs> he still dropped it before, didn't he? A couple weeks ago, bro. He's still nasty. Still <laughs> great. <laughs> you shot it, you shot, and you still have thirty year legs. You're not that this. old, you know. So. I think like James, like Steph changed the shot. I think James changed the way you drive, like like his his like Euro step and like his side step to travel. Like it's it, yeah, some people think it's a travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I say if they don't call it, like what you're gonna do, you know, it does count, unfortunately, you know. Well, if you earned enough uh, travel uh, like travelers air miles to get out of Houston, so I mean, I did something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, but yeah, so yeah, that's that's you know again going back to American athleticism. Uh, but you guys specialize in Canadian, and I know that this is a hot but an issue, especially whenever the Olympics come around. That Canada just doesn't fund their athletes in particular sports or many sports, like nearly at all. So, how does something like benchmark help budding athletes in Canada get to these places where in the states they're properly funded or in Europe they are so like in Canada it's a bit of a struggle so what positivity have you seen with with this type of thing with with nurturing uh, newer athletes trying to get big in, in Canada's leagues I think it provides a huge like it fills a gap a lot of the time right like there's not if you look how many hockey rinks do you see they're all over the place right mm-hmm. there's probably a quarter of the amount of public basketball facilities. I don't even know if, if that's the case, right? But there's way less. I know the only one that I could go to in my community was the uh, Brampton Soccer Center, which is actually a soccer center most of the year. To get an actual basketball court there was uh, difficult. And then I think since then, they've opened up one in the library. So you have available two available in a, in a city of 600,000 plus. There's like a huge gap for places to train appropriately. Like my own little cousins and stuff who love playing the game, like they they train on like in, in school rims and they take the rims down in the summer so you can't even tra- train in the summer you got to go walk like super far to go find a rim that like actually has a hoop on it and like it was the same for us when we grew up there was actually even less facilities like we used to play on i remember playing on a lamppost and trying to hit the middle of a lamppost and that was the bucket right until we got the until we got got hoops up ourselves or we convinced our parents so i think we fill a huge gap in terms of these coaches trying to get facilities and access to facilities and trying to actually have places to train. Like we have, I think three or four programs running out of here right now. And before COVID shut us down, we were like, that's what was a bread and butter of our business actually right now. So we made a huge shift in terms of how we've actually like what our business really is. It's, it's less now like individuals just doing the, like, like a group of friends, like having their own run. It's more about like now like coaching, training, uh, development. Like we've tried to start our own fitness uh, program out of here. So we're actually trying to do like like full like body development along with basketball training to like build better athletes as well, right? A lot of kids get injured because they're not training the right way. So like we're, we're doing the like different things to just kind of fill that gap, right? And like I think the government should do more. I think there should be more public money available to develop other sports because they do put a lot into hockey, and we do have a lot of great hockey players. But maybe not all those kids wanted to play hockey. It just, it was what it was. And like, I know a lot of minority communities, it's it's not, hockey's not their first choice. There's a whole different climate to hockey as well, which is like, 
there's a lot of racial tones to, uh, issues there as well. So like, this is why the minority community kind of comes out to these other sports, whether it be baseball, soccer, basketball. Like, I, I think that's how, like, at least from my own personal experience, that's how it works. It's, it's becoming a place that I think the community can kind of like resonate with, right? And like, we're getting more and more kids coming through here and we're trying to develop more and more programs for kids. Rob, how do you feel about that? Do you feel the same way that uh, that this that it, this encourages a lot of marginalized communities that um, that get often get neglected by by big leagues? Because I, I do feel like that that is uh, a sporting issue that luckily is coming to light in recent years, but has been neglected for too long. Yeah, you know what? We actually the thing is that we offer a space for all these coaches as well. I think we offer a fair price and it allows these coaches to come here and you know develop these players. And it's uh, I feel like eventually we can, we can become a hub where kids can come here and develop their game and then go to other places and join these AAU teams and eventually make it over to these uh, American schools and, you know, division one schools and hopefully the game itself. And we can be that stepping stone along the way. And so we've offered a space. And uh, like Rick said, this last year, I feel like we've been really lucky to have several uh, different coaches and clinics coming by. And uh, there's been a lot of development. I know AJ Lawson was here this past year. He was developing his game. He's over there in South Carolina right now. So, I think it is one of those places where we are helping. I mean, the government should obviously be helping. And in terms of, I think, the race, I think Rick did touch on hockey a little bit. I do understand that growing up in Brampton myself. And we always pushed towards soccer and basketball, right? Yeah. It was always soccer yeah. and basketball. And naturally, I think, just because of what was happening on TV. With I Vince, think a lot of it was our parents also didn't feel comfortable in those places, right? And there was, like, I grew up in a different Canada than what it is now. And there was a whole, like, there's a whole racism aspect to it and it's, it's not always talked about the same way it kind of went into sports as well it's not as bad as it was in america and it's not we don't have the same problems as they do over there for sure and honestly i'm blessed to be in this place and like it, it gave me a lot right so but there was there's always issues with it we all experienced growing up right so and i think from our parents level they're immigrants right they don't they don't always speak the language as well they don't always understand like social cues as well right so sometimes it's uncomfortable for them to be in a place where people might mock you for certain things like my mom doesn't wear like uh, traditional indian clothes outside of the house even though that's what she wore until she was 17 18 19 whenever she came here right she had to change she had to adapt to the society until instead of the society letting her like kind of just kind of fit in right i think it was just a part of like who they were and i think that became a part of who we were so we gravitated towards other things my dad's actually the biggest hockey fan, and it's it's the weirdest thing. Like, you know, like my name Rick's, is Rick's named after hockey. Player. I'm named after a hockey player because my dad was such a huge hockey fan until this oh, day. Yeah, yeah he, he he loves the Leafs. Like, and my whole family grew up loving the Leafs, right? And he, when my dad, me, and my dad actually started to drift apart a little bit was when the Raptors came because then I started watching the Raptors more than the Leafs, and he he got kind of upset, right? And then. Not only basketball fan. Now, now, now he loves the Raptors yeah. too, right? Like he just uh, it's the same story, man. My yeah. dad was the biggest hockey fan. You remember when there was uh, Gary Roberts and yeah. uh, Steve Thomas, all those guys? Yeah. Right? Joe Nunda came by for you know a year, right? <laughs> yeah. So they, they, these guys were even back when Gilmore was around. You know Clark. Yeah, at least the at least the Raptors won a championship. You know, so like I team won before yours. In our lifetime, exactly. Yeah, um, JP. What about you? Do you have any like family related uh, connections with with sports? You know, growing up, any any summer experiences different? Uh, honestly, man, me personally, I never grew up in Brampton. I grew up in Malton. Okay. And, uh, close by the airport, Pearson. Pretty much, my for like seven to eight years, just played uh, soccer. 
soccer growing up. That was it. Started playing like goalie for like the first year and then played uh, right wing up front. It was fun. Played played all-star for a little bit and then kind of moved to Brampton, kind of got more into basketball. Rick had a hoop at his house in high school. We used to play there every day after school for as long as I can remember. Like, you know, till like... A good, like, four to five years. Till the lights would come day, on, right? Yeah, so... It was dark. It was dark outside, too. Dark, you're getting bit by mus- uh, mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you come in, like, your skin's all, like, nasty. And that's smelly. the cue, right? That's oh, like, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. That's, that's, that's where the love and passion for basketball grew for me, but kind of fell into all aspects of uh, life as well. You know, it teaches you a lot discipline you know character like rav mentioned you know there's a lot that goes into it you know so you got to appreciate it to have it around you know it's good entertainment too so you know can't go wrong speaking of appreciating things before they're gone i unfortunately have to bring up the c word covid so when it comes to you know owning and running a practice facility like this i can't imagine how like the adjustments one would have to make so when it comes to, you know, focusing again on uh, aspiring athletes and helping them grow and nurturing them, and providing them the space, what do you even do when something like this happens? Like, what has Benchmark been doing since um, since it's happened and how much impact do you think that these athletes are getting? I, I think, honestly, it's, it's like people mentioned the impact that kids are having from an educational perspective, but they don't mention the impact that this is going to have to a whole athletic generation. So uh, as you, you only develop if you train continuously, right? And these kids are used to practicing all the time and going through a whole regimen, and that's been completely disruptive. It's going to be a huge impact to, like, upcoming generations to catch up. They're going to have to, like, gaining the time back is not easy, right? And it goes past the whole physical aspect, too. You know, mentally, they're not going to be there anymore. You know, you're sitting at home for a year. Yeah. And, yeah, it's uh, the muscle memory training every day for sure. And uh, in terms of adjustments that we're trying to make, uh, we understand what's happening. We understand that COVID, I don't know how long it's going to be around, but it seems to be sticking around for, it's been around for a year almost now. We're going to do our part. So we're trying to come up with some virtual lessons or you know, virtual activities or virtual ways for these guys to get involved. And that's something we're working on now. But the facility itself, yeah, it's hard. It's difficult. Uh, we've taken the time to kind of sit down and reflect and just, you know, come up with new goals for the future and how we can help the community. And, uh, it's even given us the time to do a bunch of DIYs, right? We've been doing, doing a lot of uh, renovations ourselves, and that's interesting. Nice. I've never really lifted a hand. I've never been one of those guys that uh, has done the work himself, <laughs> right? So we're doing a lot of that now. So it's good. It's um, There's some positive that's coming out of it for sure, but in terms of the athletes and the kids, and even some of these adult athletes, right, that we're training, it's, uh, it's hard for them. Even these guys at the gyms are closed. It's hard for those guys. And it takes not only a toll on the athletes themselves, but the people around them. Families are affected by all that. So... It's hard. It's hard for us. It's hard for the community. It's like, hard for the game. Honestly, we've been closed probably what, like six or seven months out of the out of the year. What do we open for? Yeah, I open for I think a month and a half, maybe two months. Fully open only for a month and a half, and then yeah. we're doing limited like non-contact training for like two months, I think. And then that's pretty much been the whole year. And we were open last January and February before the pandemic. Uh, I really hope for the sake of like all these small businesses that this just goes away and everyone you know gets vaccinated and everything's going to be good once and for all because it's not fair when you know hearing about these you know honest earnest dreams of having a place that all you guys wanted growing up and providing it for people only for it to just you know it's it's just so difficult with all of this i i can't imagine what that's like 
And to be very honest, it is hard for us as business owners. And but the thing is, we're we're lucky. We're lucky that we're still here, and uh, we understand that COVID's had a huge impact on other businesses. And you know, we feel bad, right? We feel bad for what's happening for the community, what's happening to everybody, because everyone's going through this common struggle. So it's not just us. It's the community that's kind of at large that's affected by everything that's happening. We're we're a part of that, right? We're something that's a part of that. Like uh, our phone rings every day with people trying to book space because people need to get out and they need to do uh, interact with others. I think the social component of being a human is is a huge component. We're not solitary creatures, right? And then that <laughs> that aspect of it, whether it's playing basketball or just hanging out with your friends, right? It, it's huge to be able to just get back to opening and having people coming in and out. Like we like I miss that personally, just having the customers coming in and out and having the interactions that I used to have, some good, some bad. You know, it's just it's it's just a fun place to be when people are here and it's more lively. And it's just when it's just the three of us like doing construction here, it's just kind of dead and it feels hollow in a way. Speaking of like uh, you know, sports as like a necessity or you know, activity, exercise, um, I feel like the NBA and a number of leagues have either done really well or they've done their best when it comes to adjusting and keeping at least the sports as an entertainment industry um, afloat during these unprecedented, crazy, nonsensical times. So whether it was the initial plan with the bubble or how it's being run now, how do you guys feel about how the NBA is run with these COVID regulations? Do you think that this that this is wise or if they're doing it all right, if there's anything that they should change? Uh, JP, how do you feel? Um, I pretty much think, man, like, with the bubble, it was pretty good. It worked out well. I mean, they finished the season. Lakers won their chip. You know, uh, in terms of now, I know they're kind of struggling with it again. Like, COVID cases, some games are getting postponed. I think the Boston-Miami game, a couple others. Looking at that, kind of kind of reality kind of kicks in then again. You know, like, it is real. So, you know, you want to take care of your own, your family first. At the end of the day, sports, it's fun and all, but it's its, it's entertainment, right? So It's different this year, right? So last year, I think everybody, it was fresh, right? COVID was fresh. Nobody knew what was going on. Everyone was trying to adjust right away, make the moves every day. You know, Doug Ford come out, say one thing one day, next day come out, say another. So you can only imagine what was going on with Adam Silver and his team. But they did a good job, I think, with the bubble. And uh, up to the whole Black Lives Matter, because that was a more prominent thing happening in America and worldwide. It was a worldwide issue, I think. And it still is. Uh, but the, the guys got through it. And it, it felt like an organic season in a way. In a way. But this year, I don't even think half the hoopers uh, are, are in it, in a way. Yeah. Right? I, don't, I really don't think so. The games haven't been as... as entertaining. Yeah, really, like this. And you can see that they're not... They are trying their hardest. I, I'll never take that away from them. Who am I to say anything? But there's a lot of restrictions that these guys have now. And uh, they're not used to living by those restrictions. Because now they're back in the real world. It's not a bubble life because some of them might have thought of it as a, almost as like a basketball vacation, like a camp when they used to be kids, right? The basketball camp. Yeah, it's Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like a basketball camp when they were kids, one of those AAU camps, but it must have been fun for them in a way because their mind wasn't even on COVID. But now you're back to reality and you can see it. You can kind of see what's happening. Even from like a fan's perspective, right? Like everyone's so used to going to games and whatnot. Some teams even some teams like fuel off that energy, right? From the audience, everyone cheering, it's loud. Um, the Raptors for sure feed off that. They've been not do, they not haven't do. had a home game in like over a year. They've been in Tampa. I think that honestly, it's the re- I think that's one of the reasons why they are where they are in the season. Like playing in Tampa is not a 
home game for them. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a home game against Boston, and they're booing them at the line, and they're cheering for Boston. Like, that's not a home game. It, it, it's yeah. home for them in a literal sense, but it's not a home game. Yeah, because that would never happen in Toronto, right? So No, and, uh, unless you're a Rougeau. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so there's uh, even if there's no fans, you still have that, I guess, home court feel. You know, you have your locker room, you have your routines and traditions, pregame rituals, whatever the case might be, and uh, it's different. And, you know, even families, you're going home to your family, right? So now even the families you're living in, who knows, Airbnbs or... Uh, you know, hotels or whatever the case might be. They're not, maybe they're not even there with these guys. So it is different, right? So for Toronto, especially, I think the Raptors, there have been a lot of close games. I know Golden State was a one-point game. Portland was a one-point game. I watched both those games. They're back-to-back. The Raptors held their own, you know? But uh, it just that home court, I think, would have got them through those last two minutes of the game, for sure. Well, they're on the road, but, like, still, it's like... But they're always on the road. Yeah, yeah that's they're, the thing. They're, they're, they're always, always on the road. Always, it just doesn't it's feel like... Honestly, man, just not being able to go to the games, it just sucks. Like, I like I can't wait to re-experience that. I mean, like, you know, like, to be back in the crowd, to feel that energy, like... Playoff energy? Electrifying. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Like, I'll go to a freaking Knicks game at this point. Just a game. Yeah, man. Yeah, Exactly. One year we went to a Knicks preseason game against yeah. the Rap- Knicks and Raptors. Just because the tickets were cheap. It was the. It was still kind of like packed. Uh, for like, like, they had mellow back then. That yeah, they had mellow. Yeah, that was okay. Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good team. Back when they were like decent for a minute. I feel like when mellow came to New York, he kind of disrupted what was happening there because Sodom- that was Stoudemire's team. You know, I think so. I don't know, but that's a different conversation for a different day. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm not like an, a Knicks expert, but I do know the Knicks do have a player, uh, R.J. Barrett, and R.J. Barrett happens to be Canadian, and so do a few other people, including. Um, Tristan Thompson, uh, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, we won't really speak about Anthony Bennett at all. We don't need to do that. But um, the NBA is starting to have a lot of like Canadian-grown talent. So do you think that, not even just with the team, but do you think in terms of growing these these athletes that Canada could become a bit of a hotspot like Europe or you know a lot of the leagues in Europe like Greece or Slovenia um, or Serbia? Do you think that Canada has this potential given this recent track record 100 percent. i think i think we're i think we're the next basketball like like hub i envision us like always being in the olympics always competing for medals always like being near the top top three or four like countries in the world like there's no reason why we shouldn't we have the second most players in the nba i think after the states i think it's a lot about like the guys actually taking pride in the program and actually like the program itself developing but i think that's going to come and it's, it's just it's, it's about time but we definitely have the talent. It's a generational thing too, I think. They're kind of I think America's a generation ahead of us, right? In terms yeah. of the game, the development. And now people kind of pushed and lean towards basketball as you know, as a whole. And uh, there's a lot more coaches, there's a lot more uh, programs, yeah. right? So look at that kid Alexander Walker. Like I think he dropped thirty four uh, on the Clippers a couple of nights ago. Like these kids are just developing, like and this his cousin uh uh Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 those, yeah, those kids are good. Like Jamal Murray, like there's so many, there's so much talent we have in that. Boucher is Canadian. Like, part it's of about like, opportunities, right? Yeah. It's about having the opportunity. There's a lot of good hoopers. There was a lot of good hoopers. Now, now it's hoopers. not going to be about like who who doesn't play. It's going to be like who doesn't get to play. Like they're going to have a choice. Like you mm-hmm. know, people are going to take any cut off of this team, like the American team. Right? There's going to be real talent. competition there. Yeah. It's just about one driving force. Like honestly, if Steve Nash played in this generation, he would have kind of just carried everybody with him. 
like would have drove them forward because he had that kind of he played for the country through a lot of BS, right? Like he he played through a lot of injuries. He played probably for not a program that was funded correctly. But like he lived through a lot of it. But like he helped a lot too. Like Vince gets a lot of credit. Steve should also get a lot of credit. But you know the, the Raptors as a team itself, like in recent years, if I say like the last 10, 12 years, they should get a lot of credit too. Because yeah, they right. become a Canada wide team. And because exactly. of that, we have all these basketball players coming up from places that yeah. and basketball didn't exist in Canada. Right? The Raptors fund a lot of programs in the community for sure too. Like you all like like they have a lot of facilities that they work with. They do a lot of stuff. So like definitely big credit to them too. For sure. And speaking of all these these huge players, have any NBA or um, college or G League have any big notable names being associated with Benchmark? Have you worked with any of the big names? Yeah. Sorry. You know what? We should have should have should have should have mentioned. Uh, you said RJ Barrett. He's been here before too. Maybe a few years. Before oh wow. He got into the league. Yeah, he used to play here when he was younger. Like he used to just yeah. come like as a. It's one of those places. I know it's honestly it's part of the charm of it. You never know who's gonna walk in. So we've had uh, uh, Damari Carroll. Like he came through one time. Like we get a really. Here. Yeah, there's a what's his name Iggy uh, Brazdikas. Brazdikas. He's on the Knicks right now too. He was training here last summer. He was training here. Uh, Tyler Ennis is trained out of here. Ennis's brother. And both, yeah, both, both the brothers, both of them. We've been a few others, I think. We've had so it really is one of those places, like Rick yeah. said, where the, these guys are coming in, and uh, it's a really humble place where you know these guys are able to come back here and do their thing and uh, train and develop. So a lot of these guys have come by. For example, RJ Barrett used to come with his friends. Like uh, I don't even like you know he used to fuck it with his. He'd come with his friends and play for him for five on five, whatever it was, and just what? uses as a community center to play hoops, right? So he never actually did no training or anything out of here that I I know of, but uh, he came here with his friends just to hoop. You know, we would hear about it from our employees because sometimes we wouldn't even be here. And, it, you know, this guy came by today or this guy came by. And it's, uh, it's really humbling. It's a really humbling experience to just have these guys come by and just they're regular guys just like us, right? They're just trying to hoop. What was that like seeing somebody who used your facility to get better be picked third overall? That that must be insane. Oh, it's definitely inspiring, man. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was it's, it's cool to see, like, like we've touched, like, all these different, like, you know, lives and stuff. At the end of the day, like, we're humble enough to know that, like, we only contribute like maybe point zero 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 one percent or something. Like, you know, we know that a lot of the hard work was done by him. So, like, it's kudos to them and kudos to anybody that can make it. Honestly, it's a, it's a huge challenge to get to the NBA and anybody that makes it there. Like, you're like what top three hundred player in the world. In the world, in the world, right? Like, so you should hold an honor, even even the Hapa Arugios of the world, right? Like, and like a lot of these guys, like, they get selfish and like like you talk about like the superstars, right? They lose that touch, like, but. When they came first, there was a love for the game that they had. And, like, you should never lose that, you know? And, like, the real, the people that really grow the game and move it forward, they never lose that part of it. They yeah, always... and even uh, shout out to uh, Chippy and uh, Chris. Uh, we had the Jamie Fitch Classic here last year as well, this past year. And uh, this guy's, I guess, on the road to somewhere, right? Elijah Fisher, he was here in the back. Yeah, we had doing his thing. And uh, we were kind of in, uh, he had a documentary thing, it was on TSN called Prince of the North. Yeah, so we had KSN coming through here. So KSN actually... came by, yeah, so that was kind of a humbling experience as well. And uh, this kid was good. And the tournament itself was a really good, uh, well put together tournament. It was fun, fun couple of days. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're just part of the community. We're three guys that are part of the community. Bench first, a place where these guys come by to develop their game. It's it's fun. You get that homey feeling from it, right? It's, it's like the part of the community. I'm like, at least I feel like, right? It's There's other places that, like, I think. Brampton can be known for and hopefully like this is becoming one of them and I hope I hope that it can continue to grow. 
we know a lot of people that live here now like just by them coming in like helped us like branch out our network and our reach and like we're trying to get more involved in actually like making the community better right like overall and like trying to keep Brampton more of a place to be right and make, make, give it a better name than it's had in, the, in, in across the GTA I guess right so we hope that like it can be a small part of that I just think that that's so special whether it's you know helping young young athletes live out their dreams in any possible way or trying to nurture a neighborhood which gets a bad rap and trying to um you know show the positivity in it i think all three of you are doing a fantastic job and and i hope you guys get to continue doing this and i think it's fantastic and one day once this whole covid nonsense is done i want to show up and potentially hoop with rj barrett and ask him why you went on the knicks like that will he ever ask for a trade you never know who you run into when you're here. Just, but for sure, you come through. We'll, we'll see you in person, and we can definitely do this again whenever you want. Uh, JP's working on his uh, jump shot, so yeah, he'll he'll give everybody anybody a run for their money. So. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. After 2020, I'm rocking that James Harden bod, not the good one. So I I got a lot of work to do, but uh, I will try and prime myself, and then yeah, we can place a 21. Sounds good. <laughs>